You are listening to EP Culture Beat, the underground source of El Paso, Texas. How's it going, guys? How are you? Thanks for having us. We're doing really good over here. Awesome. Awesome. Go ahead and introduce yourselves uh, to the folks out there listening. Hi, uh, we're the Anadonians. Uh, my name is Serge. I'm the singer and the guitar player. You know, I'm Matt, and I play uh, keys in the band. Who's your drummer? Our, our drummer's name is Paul Dumont. He plays drums. Uh, right now, he's currently living in L.A., so he couldn't be here for, the, for this. How did you guys come together? I've known Paul for about 10 years or more, probably since we were like 15, so maybe 11 years at this point. Um, yeah, it's a while. Me and him were in our first band together. We jammed in my garage. And since then, we've kind of kept in touch. Uh, he, he had come back from college. Uh, he had got his master's and come back and was going to live in El Paso for a little while and asked me if I wanted to play music. And I was in another band at the time. And I was not thinking about starting another project. But then uh, I guess things went south with that band that I was in. And mm-hmm. I found myself wanting to start something new, and Paul was back at that time, and we just, uh, we started jamming in his living room, and then uh, we met Matt at a party, or I had met Matt previously, but me and Paul went to a party together, Matt was there, we were looking for another member, and we asked Matt if he wanted to jam, and Matt said, sure, so. And this is Matt's part of the story. Yeah, um, I was actually doing a recording project for some uh, local filmmakers here in town. And uh, I went to go to their house, and lo and behold, Serge was uh, one of their roommates. So I had uh, been familiarized with him. He was actually like, already working on some music down there on his own. And then it turns out that his roommate turned out to be my roommate later on. And we went to that party that Serge mentioned, and he asked if I wanted to try out for the band, and I said, yeah, sure, why not? I was listening to you guys today, and um, I guess here are some adjectives, some describing words that I thought of. Uh, Cinematic, dramatic. This was while I was uh, cleaning, too, so that's how my brain was going. So I I was hearing you guys, so I was thinking cinematic, dramatic, intricate, lush, like new progressive rock that's the last thing I put for that how'd you guys come up with that intricate sound I don't know I think it was just a product of all of us working together Ooh. the project that I had worked on previously had I guess had a little tinge of that they were not I guess as, as realized as that was as, mm. as, as this new CD is so I think I had always wanted to go in that direction but I think working on my own, I, I wouldn't probably wouldn't have gone in this direction by myself. So I think it was just a product of all of us working together. I don't, I don't know. I remember, I guess, talking with Matt and Paul and them saying that we could just do more, do more than we were doing when we when we started the band. And uh, I definitely agreed. Like we could be more. When I guess when we started, we were just doing songs that I had brought in, and they were pretty folky, pretty simple. And then Matt was like, oh, we can do more, man. We can do more. So you guys pushed each other. Yeah, they pushed me, I think. Because <laughs> they, cool. they were kind of already there. I think the main thing is is that, like, it just shows what can happen when you put, like, 
minds together instead of like just having like one guy like writing all the music and like writing everything and not not that he was doing this but like and like dictating hey like hey play this line and hey drummer play this like beat and you're doing it you, all wrong you, you know right <laughs> yeah. like i think the whole point of being in a band is to let each individual put their put their part in and put their thought into whatever you're working on you know whatever project you're working on and that's what kind of really makes a band i also wanted to mention um that i heard more instruments than just guitar drums and keyboards and bass were those like effects or or actual instruments or who's playing what okay well i have a synthesizer so i incorporate a lot of different tones and actually it's one of my main focuses or i feel one of my main parts in the band is to kind of create a good sound a different sound because sound is kind of really what defines you as a band you know like mm -hmm. what kind of sound do you guys have you know are you punk band yeah but like what what kind of punk what does your punk sound like you know and then it's kind of like what i was saying earlier that's when like the different minds come in you know because serge will add like you know certain guitar effects and i'm like damn that like enhances the sound that i have mm -hmm. you know and it's just you kind of just let each other be their own and collectively you'll be one it's like you're creating an atmosphere yes like a, like a whole planet right but uh to answer your question bluntly i use uh, a lot of string patches a lot of uh pads um i use some kind of quirky effects and things that's like what that. i heard i yeah. heard strings and i was like mm -hmm. who's playing the strings a lot of yeah a lot of the uh, melody work is matthews um but in in the studio i guess you get the benefit of overdubbing a lot and mm. we did do quite a bit of over overdubbing even though yeah even though i guess you wouldn't be able to to hear that it kind of it kind of works in a in in a way that it doesn't really like stick out there's a lot of textures that are playing the same parts uh, like maybe two different keyboards uh, have the same exact melody line and those two textures combine and you you'll you'll get different results i guess it's hard for some bands to do multi-tracking or overdubbing mm -hmm. how do you guys get through it because I'm pretty sure you played a bunch of guitar lines over and over and over again. Well, I'm pretty I, sure everybody did, right? A lot of the overdubbing wasn't actually really our idea. It was our producer's idea. So we just kind of went with his idea. Um, I guess he, he he really has a lot of experience recording bands. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was very quick. And he, he would just shoot an idea and we would kind of just do it. Because we really didn't have all that much time to record. So we were just kind of doing everything that he suggested makes it full though it sounds full i think what he really did was he just kind of took the parts that he felt were really good in the song that really popped in the song and we just kind of overdubbed a lot of like so i played an, uh, an actual real keyboard so mm -hmm. i would use like the synth and record like the whole synth part and then come back in and record it again on an actual piano so it kind of just started to brighten it up and polish it off a lot more um, mm -hmm. so it wouldn't 
He added a lot of brightness to it. Yeah, he didn't he didn't add any lines of his own. Yeah. He, he he wasn't suggesting melodies. Yeah, he, he added punch. Mm-hmm. He added that punch. Exactly, yeah. excitement. Mm-hmm. Like it's like he saw the parts that were good in the song, and he's just like, hey, let's bring this out more. Let's like layer it and layer it more. Is what he did essentially. Yeah. The music that we're talking about is off your latest album. Or is it your debut album? It is yeah. our debut album. Off the debut album, All Went Up. It has eight tracks, and it also seems to be a concept album. What's the central story or idea for All Went Up? I don't think there's really a central idea. I think it's just uh, a collection of songs. But they're definitely tied together with um, similar themes. I think they they were all informed by similar events or series of events and... I guess they all speak to where we were at the time in terms of grieving, I think. I, I think we were uh, not, I, I won't speak for the band, but I think a lot of us were experiencing. Or, or, I think I can speak for Matt. And, um, I can speak maybe for Paul too. I think all, all of us experienced some form of loss that was kind of profound and kind of that, that music just happened to come up at the same time. And so I, I think we were just kind of dealing with it in that way just as music as an outlet for that that's what i was gonna say there's a lot of emotion in the music especially the lyrics so essentially you guys were kind of grieving yeah or feeling uh, sad around this point Absolutely. it was it was like uh therapy yeah definitely work overcoming some grief definitely is that mainly where you guys got ideas from not in every song mm-hmm. but i think uh i think that's probably i mean we we had a other songs that didn't really make this album and i don't know i think i think just these these songs just happen to be centered around that theme of loss and so i think uh in in the future i hope we're not we're not still working through those same issues that we can maybe (laughs) we can have some some new things to talk about that are not so uh was was that a a tension laugh i don't know laugh kind of thing yeah yeah speaking the truth kind of thing yeah yeah let's get over all this bullshit kind of thing so how long did it take to put together uh like we're like we've been discussing there's a lot going on there's all sorts of different sounds how long did it take to put together overall because it's yes uh, or the writing. i guess everything in total for all went up um, I guess we started writing the album in September of 2017, no, 18? Oh, yeah, last year was 18, yeah. In September 2017, we wrote the first song. I had written one of the songs, kind of, I'd written half of it um, earlier that year, in April. So I guess it's really germinated there, that's where it kind of started, and then, and then, um, as a band, we started working together, writing new music in September 2017, and we recorded the album in March 2018. So it took maybe about six months uh, from starting writing to actually recording the thing. Uh, six months, and, and then we recorded it in six days. Which song was the toughest to put together? Do you mean the writing? I guess in the recording of? In the recording of. I think they all had certain challenges. When we were recording, we were limited to about like 60 hours of recording time. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of what our budget afforded. So yeah, we really, pretty much what I'm trying to say is we really had to know our shit and we really not, 
had to know our lines. You had to lay it down. Um, so it was kind of a little bit of pressure. I know uh, it's just a few parts of certain songs took longer than they should have. You know, it just to get it right and. Um, sometimes uh, you go back and you listen to like a deep recording of it, like really good. And you're like, hey, that kind of really doesn't work. What we've been doing doesn't work. And then you got to kind of like try and figure out maybe another way. And that can take some time. So, yeah, I would say On the Corner and Mounting Storm were probably the most difficult ones for me personally to record. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I think Matthew took the longest of any of us. Um, <laughs> but I think that... Thanks. <laughs> no, that, that's more because he had the most overdubs out of any out of any one of us because I would play my guitar lines. I already had them going in. Uh, like Matthew, I already had his lines, obviously. But he only, he had to play them like six, seven times sometimes just for, just for one song. So uh, I would play my lines twice and be good and be comfortable and we would just move on to Matthew and then Matthew would have to play the same thing six times and to nail it six, seven times in a row it's, it's going to take a, a while for that to happen so I think uh, I think he would probably be the one that yeah he, he had the hardest time and I must note uh, this is on a serious note that Paul got all his shit done in three takes and those were those were just going to be the scratch takes, and he actually did not go in really after that. He might have added just like a little kick drum that he he like heard off in the distance that he didn't get in, you know. But other than that, yeah, he got his shit done in about three takes, and we thought they were going to be just a scratch takes. So give it up to Paul for that. Drummers can be very methodical, and uh, I'll add that I I didn't have all my lyrics written by the time we were recording that's cool and i was still writing uh the night before i laid down the final lyrics that i put on the album so it was just uh it's kind of like one of those you know, working against the deadline and i was like i gotta get this done and uh, yeah a bunch of drama sounds like a lot of good pressure going on it was it was it was good pressure it was yeah uh -huh. well it made a diamond Oh, it sounds yeah. it's very well put together it sounds really good yeah we tried it was a lot of work got to give it up to uh dan dzinski he did an absolutely uh, great job producing us and uh with all the mastering and all that that he did it was great came out great cool that's true overall what did you guys learn from this experience making the album and having this band I think we learned that music is bigger than we can ever try to fully capture. There's just so much that we still want to do. I still go back and listen to the record, and it's not as great as, as I wish it was. And I think uh, I think I want to make our next project that much better so that I don't have to look back and say, oh, I wish I could have done this better, I wish I could have done that better. It's good to have uh, something like this because uh, I've, I've just learned so much from this first experience and I think I think the next project that we work on or that we're working on is going to be just that much better because we have this as a reference uh, to teach us all the lessons that it's going to teach I, I mean for any for anyone out there I think they'll find that their first record is not the best one that they're ever going to put out in their careers hopefully you know <laughs> I mean I just hope that 
Um, I just hope that that's the case for us. I mean, uh, I've learned how to work with other people, how to how to be a better person mm-hmm. in general. Because to be in a band is just kind of like being in a relationship. You have to like make certain compromises or not compromises, but you have to like you just have to be willing to talk to each other, learn from each other, listen to each other, and fix things that are wrong and and move forward and make each other laugh and stuff it's 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 like yeah. yeah it's 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 everything that a relationship is except uh except your baby is an album instead of it's like a relationship and a part-time job yeah <laughs> i think uh one of the most important things i learned is just uh i would go into practice and i'd be like i'd walk through the door and i'd be like see you later ego like mm-hmm. catch you later man like i don't want to hear from you because like a lot of times like musicians will be like oh like i came up with this part and you play it for your bandmates and they're like well you know like it's it's like so so yeah you know and and then you know like that can cause like a lot of conflict because like it takes a lot of effort to write like a new part you know even one part which is like yeah 20 seconds in the song yeah. you know but like <laughs> you spend eight hours and you spend eight hours <laughs> trying to write it yeah. you know but like <laughs> it's just um and then you go in and you take it into practice and then you know the guy's like well i don't i don't really like it and it's just like well sometimes like we just need a suck it up you know like i wrote a riff that you know our drummer heard and he he didn't really care for it you know and he's like well you know like yeah and and like we worked on it you know and it's just like sometimes you just need to compromise and like let things go and there's like really a shit ton of lessons you know and it's just like you're all there for one thing and it's just working for the greater good you know yeah it's just compromise and a lot of things yeah three musketeers yeah all for one (laughs) one for all one for all I guess it's time for fun random questions I have them booted up here on the internet I just gotta so these will be completely random but I have them here let's see I guess start here your first what part of a kid's movie completely scarred you for life? Probably for life. Dang. Uh, the part in Wizard of Oz when the flying monkeys are coming out of the castle, I think that's pretty scary. I think that, that really scared me. That is an intense image. Mm-hmm. It's like unnatural things, like flying out of a fucking castle. Yeah, uh-huh. And the music. Oh my goodness! Yeah, the whole thing, the the whole image, all put together, I think. And then and then the witch starts melting. I think at that at that part too. Yeah, it's just a whole real scary part. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I love that movie. I watched it over and over. It's a trippy ass movie. It is a beautiful. Movie. All right, I guess Matt, you're next. This is your question. I thought this one was funny. Uh, what used to be considered trashy, but now is very classy. Oh, shit. Um, I think I was kind of talking about this the other day. Like, I see a lot of, I guess, like, really young millennial kids, like, maybe, like, 17, 18-year-olds wearing all these clothes from, like, the, the, like, 70s that if they were that age, 
back then wearing those clothes like they may have gotten into a few fisticuffs you know just like what kind of clothes like what are what kind of clothes are like you like uh, i i see a lot of like younger kids wearing like all these like vintage clothes you know like just like wild it's just they're just too wild and they were like even too wild back then yeah so yeah i i guess that's if that answers your question does that answer your question so old clothes used to be trashy yeah but now it's now it's now classy. it's like it's classy next one for you sergio of course what is the funniest joke you know by heart yeah, I hate it, this question because I don't know any jokes at all. Okay, fuck that question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's the most ridiculous fact that you know? I know a lot of things, but I, I don't know facts off the top of my head either. I know. Yeah, Matthew. Do you know there is a maggot that breathes out of buttholes, and it is called the rat-tailed maggot? Oh no. <laughs> That sounds terrifying. There you have it. There you have it, folks. Be scared. Rat-tailed maggots. <laughs> okay, Sergio, let's try this again. What kind of cult would you like to start? The cult of the Anadonians? Uh, Whoa. <laughs> we actually joked about this uh, last year. That we were, we were in a cult because we met at specified times and <laughs> we had more than three members. And had specified meals. We had an ethos. So, that, You know, those are the only three things that you need to uh, be registered as like... Uh, like a religion? A religion, yeah. Is more than one member, a meeting time, a meeting place... And that's it. That is it. It doesn't matter what you speak. It doesn't matter what you say. You could just go sit there in silence, and that could be your religion. Um, and you could take uh, no taxes. Yeah, I was going to say a tax, break. tax exemption. No tax exemption. <laughs> yeah. So that could be a band. Yeah, that's pretty much a band, right? A band is a cult. Yeah, sure. And the band, the cult, is pretty cool, too. They are. I guess whoever wants to answer this last random one, maybe both of you guys could answer it. In one sentence, how would you sum up the internet? Because we're on it every freaking day. Um, trashy, but full of great memes. Great memes. And, and uh, essential to the survival of the human species, but at the same time, probably will be our downfall in the end. Do not trust the internet. They are big brother. Do not trust the internet, Amazon, all of that. Google, don't do it. Don't trust it. I guess it's detour back. What does a band name mean? Anhedonians? Anhedonians? Am I saying it correctly? Yeah, either way is fine. Uh, the Anhedonians is how I pronounce it. It's, um... It, it means a lack of pleasure or the, the lack of being able to feel pleasure. I think a lot of people experience that. I think uh, we, we've all felt it uh, as a band. We've all felt like maybe things that we used to love are kind of stale. I don't know. I think I think people people in, in general will 
come across that at some point in their life. Um, but I also, uh, I try to, I guess, spin it in a in a more positive way than that. Um, I think a lot of people are hedonistic, and so they live solely for, for pleasure. And uh, I, I feel like most of us in the band don't really live for that. Um, we live for for a higher purpose, I think. Uh, purpose that we, we create ourselves, of course, and we have to check ourselves if we're going too far into the realm of pleasure. Uh, we have to make sure to make sure to make sure to draw each other back. But uh, I think uh, um, anhedonia is also it, it doesn't only mean the inability for me to feel pleasure, but also a way uh, a way of living that's not centered around solely the pursuit of pleasure. It's centered around higher higher ideals. Cool. Higher minds. What's your plan for 2019? I don't know. We we want to keep putting on shows and we want to keep uh, playing a lot of shows um, we want to write new music uh, hopefully put some new music out uh, for people to to enjoy and music that's better than anything that we've done before uh, we want to leave El Paso not I'm not saying that was a move but I think we want to like tour and stuff so, cool yeah you guys also have your own DIY venue what's that like uh, yeah, we call that the... It's called the Nature House. Cool. And basically, it's a way for us to help other musicians, essentially. Um, we try and help as many uh, touring musicians as we can. Uh, we try and help as many local bands as we can. So it's just a way for us to kind of hopefully try and build a little bit of a namesake for us here because most people just kind of drive by El Paso, they go from like Tucson to San Antonio and they kind of miss like one of the best pit stops and it's just kind of a way for us to give back a little bit and cool. help our fellow musicians. I'm a big lover of all sorts of arts, music, you know, art, um, picture painting, all of that. So I love all art forms and I want to try and help anybody who's trying to make art. Uh, essentially where do you guys typically play what venues oh we've played them all um <laughs> even ones that don't exist anymore cool I think. people that always put us on are like neon rose love buzz low brow um cool. were you gonna add to what i was gonna add to what he was saying um that the name well the place that we run it's just a, you know, not only a way for us to help bands, but I think uh, in, El, in El Paso, uh, we normally don't have a lot of listening environments or listening spaces. And uh, I think we try to try to emphasize listening over um, bar culture or bar consumption. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think that's another cool thing that spaces like ours can provide to a community. It not only gives people that are overlooked, maybe like really small acts, a place to play, but it also um, it also allows fans a, a place where they're not. I, I guess they, they don't feel pressured to buy alcohol or purchase. Cool. Yeah. It's not like a party house. It's not a party house, and we actually uh, have a few. I don't know. Just we, we we had that experience where. 
we were um, hosting quasi big parties and yeah. and then it just became something that we didn't want to do so Got we had to hand. we had to turn we had to make a conscious effort we, we didn't want to do that anymore so if you folks out there uh, see a, a random show flyer for a place called the nature house make sure to go because it's one of the best uh, or one of the better venues to go to if you want to have a chill time and just want to see bands yeah, that's what that's what we want. I mean, we try to make it like an experience. You know, it's not just going to be some house. You're going to see my fucking cereal boxes, you know, on top of the refrigerator or something. <laughs> you know, so yeah, we try to make it more like a uh, house show. You know, it's there to watch a cool show in a cool environment, a stellar production. We try. This next question, we try to ask of everybody that comes through here, especially of their local. How does El Paso inspire you guys? I think it's an awesome city, personally. I think I think there's a lot of possibility here. Uh, I think it's a great community, good people. I think, I, and I, I don't think this is the case in a lot of places. I think uh, it's a it's a place that's not as competitive as other places, and I think it's uh, a little bit more genuine. The love that you receive and that you feel like you can give to people, because uh, I feel like there's not. I mean. If you like, uh, for example, if you like um, a band like like Lunas, they're not gonna like. It's not. It's not like about the people that you know. You know, it's it's kind of like you you genuinely love that band. It's not like they're gonna really help you get to like the next stepping stone or anything. They, we just feel like um, we love that band. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's genuine. I think that's that's something that inspires me about El Paso. And then I, I love my family, so that inspires me as well. Nice. Um, the desert. I do a lot of hiking. I go out there. That's really what I love about this city. People are great. You know, the food's great, all of that. But we have a very beautiful natural space out here that I think a lot of people don't realize and until you really get out there and you're sitting there and it fucking smacks you in the face. So um, yeah. definitely just... Being out in the desert is a huge inspiration to me. Awesome. Uh, where can folks find you on the internet? Uh, they can find us anywhere. We have our stuff on Spotify, Apple Music, Bandcamp. If you want to buy a CD, you can also get it on iTunes, Amazon Music. If, if you have some obscure place that you prefer to go to, I think you can buy it there too. Yeah, uh, it's over. It's available on over like 200 distributors, nice. and I don't have the I don't have the full list, but uh, it's a lot of places. We're also on all that social media and all that Instagram and Facebook. You can hear it on YouTube as well. Nice. Yeah, so it's it's everywhere. Anything else that you'd like to add? Thank you for listening. Thank you for having us on the podcast. I listen to the podcast regularly, and I've always wanted to be on it. So. Awesome. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, be good and take care to each other. Thanks for being on the show, guys. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Oh, and also, uh, Paul <laughs> says hi, too. Yes. We didn't get to get his perspective today, but... Um, he's a great drummer. He's the best. Best drummer in El Paso. Thanks for being on the show, guys. Thanks for having us. And now, here's a track from Anhedonia.
that's the end of the show thank you for listening you can find this podcast on spotify itunes stitcher radio tune in and buzzsprout tap that subscribe button live long and prosper <laughs>